Hey there. We couldn't find any corrections to address before the episode, so we can dive right into the analysis. As a reminder, you can tweet corrections at us at Anthrogang. All right, on with the show. That was that was awesome. Wow, you guys did great. <laughs> you guys did so good. I'm proud of you. Elion came out. Yay! 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 Woohoo! Um, wow, this was this was great. I wow, I can't believe that. Um, I was I was really nervous about writing this session because I had no idea what was going to happen. Um, really, for like a lot of it, because I I uh, <laughs> I was not confident on the philosophy behind it, and also like. It was really open-ended. A lot of the philosophy was leading me to like really open-ended, like, applications. So um, let's get into it. I, I think uh, if that's if that's cool with everyone. I know it's it's getting a little late, but um, if y'all are down, uh, we can we can have a brief armchair analysis. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, First, I'll start with 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 you guys. I'll I'll just open the floor. Um, wh- what do you guys have? Uh, like any any uh, any initial um, observations? The imagery was just gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna need a written description of what the cave looked like because I've got a drawing idea that I want to make happen. Ooh. Oh, sure thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it may take a while. I don't know how long it's gonna take. I don't know what my ADHD is gonna allow for. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I want I to try that. and make this happen. I feel that. Yeah, I can send you my notes. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. This was an imagery heavy um, thing. Uh. I wanted to just communicate some some peace. You guys have been like running at full throttle throughout the last couple episodes, and I wanted to give you guys a rest. Uh. It's a 420 gift. This a 420 this gift. this uh this landscape <laughs> uh experiencing it high. <laughs> so good. It, it was it was so dank. It was <laughs> the dankest landscape, the dankest effectual <laughs> sonic experience only for you. Damn. I this was um, just I feel like we as members of a party don't like there aren't a lot of like back and forth moments unless it's a, so this was like really cool to see just like yeah. how we interact with each other as opposed to like fighting the signet and cursing a bunch that's mostly <laughs> me is correct <laughs> even if it's just like Arguing about whether or not tomatoes are good. <laughs> yeah. I forgot how much I love party banter, just in general. Yeah. Like, even, like, in video games and, mm. and other people's party banter. Love party banter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's so fun. I, I, I forgot how much, like, I forgot how much I love it, too. And I, I feel like I need to, like, be able to just let there be unstructured time so that that can happen more and you guys can breathe more because... Um, this was really fun, mm. and like I really enjoyed listening to you guys uh, talk about tomatoes. Like that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can talk about tomatoes, but I've uh, never talked to a tomato. 
So uh, yeah, that's fair. Not yet. Oh, I don't. I don't even know why I'm making Veggie Tales references. <laughs> I, uh, I've never yeah. seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked. I thought it. I liked uh, the concept of. This is an alternate universe. Explain the concept of a tomato. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I really. If they're poison, why do you grow them? I, re- <laughs> I really liked uh, when Irsu uh, invented the pizza in front of us because <laughs> it reminded me of how, like, in Legend of Korra, it's supposed to be like this completely alternate like different world and yet there's still like jazz and ferris wheels and like radio (laughs) (laughs) it's like pizza is a constant regardless of dimension (laughs) like love or time yeah exactly there will always be pizza yeah i'm listening i'm listening to this podcast uh by the same people who do magnus archives called stellar firma and it's about these two people well these this one person and his clone assistant, oh. and they design planets for their Ooh. clients. And uh, in one of the episodes, they do this roleplay simula- simulation where the clone, David Seven, uh, goes through the stages of life. And like when he gets to the teenager stage, he does a whole, I hate you, dad. I'm going to play my music too loud because I'm hormonal. <laughs> and it's just like, I love how that's like a universal. <laughs> Throughout all the galaxies, it's a constant that teenagers are angry, confused, and hormonal. Funnily enough, enough, that's actually not that's actually not even constant on Earth. Like that's (laughs) like we learned in we learned in like intro to anthro class that like Margaret Mead's big thing was finding out that like in American Samoa like that's not that wasn't the case really <laughs> yeah oh that's cool wait like like teenagers are being moody or like the concept of puberty or like what what was disproved teenagers were not being moody or like disobedient wow oh gee and, i wonder if know. it has something to do with how our parents raised us now of course like now of course like the concept of like um the disobedient angsty teenager has been like pretty thoroughly colonized into pretty much everywhere into the world hmm. but um as far as i know I, I i obviously can't speak for literally every corner of the planet right. but um <laughs> i wonder uh, if teenagers are angsty because they become like that is the point at which they become aware of society and society is terrible like that that, that could be what if Honestly, you're just like, like oh god i have to live in this forever <laughs> and that subconsciously is why teenagers are moody Ah. <laughs> That's why I'm moody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I'm taking an economics class and that is that's all I'm Ooh boy. That Bullshit. is all I'm feeling is just fuck the world forever. <laughs> Garbage. It's, economics is the study of why everyone wants to be moody teenagers it, all the time. Honestly, it boils down to the pillars of everyone is dumb. Let's trick them and profit off misfortune. Like that <laughs> Uh, Economic. I, Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. Yeah, Welcome exactly. To hell. exactly. <laughs> I could go on a rant, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, the uh, so today's um, <laughs> today's slightly or much less structured um, session was was brought to you by uh, by Feli Guattari. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> 
Fili, Gatteri. Fili. Felix Guattery. Felix Guattery. Felix Guattery. I was about to say, is that a silent S? Hey, Guattery. Felix Guattery. His concept of transversality um, in opposition to transference. Um, sort of like the idea of uh, how, like, uh, well, in, in general, like transference, as far, as I understand it, I was sent this these couple of articles and blog posts like yesterday by Professor Kim, so <laughs> I probably don't know them very well yet. But as I understand it, uh, transference is this concept in psychoanalysis that's like essentially the, the um, analyst-patient relationship and like how you build up this um, sort of libidinous relationship um, across which... Um, therapy happens and like it's a professional relationship you can't you can't really um violate that boundary unless um uh unless uh you want to have like uh, i forget what they call um counter counter transference i think that's what it is um happen where like uh sort of like um uh therapy interfering behaviors and and uh sort of like the therapy all kind of comes unraveled um that's transference so um guattari um wanted to challenge that idea with this idea of transversality where um he wanted to create like more of a group he wanted to create like a therapeutic model that was more driven by groups that wanted to achieve goals for their own sake or maybe groups that wanted to achieve like just the act of becoming closer the act of becoming tighter knit um is in and of itself like a worthwhile goal and that in and of itself is therapeutic for like for members of that group creates these um, creates these moments of like rupture of uh, of identity um, kind of uh, reconfigures identity in these odd ways um, and also like creates more space that it's like more like a feedback loop so that you don't get those like those like buildups that could come crashing down and unravel all the therapy, like in transference. Um, so that's that's kind of what Guattari is is trying to say. And I tried to build this session to be more of a transversality session, where like you guys were allowed to um, have more freedom to just like banter and talk amongst yourselves and like have a good time in a safe and peaceful environment where you weren't encountering so many stressors in game and so much like institutionalization and in D&D form that's like rules like in D&D form that's like um, combat and, and dice so, rolling so we were supposed to know that we wouldn't have an encounter you were supposed to know that you wouldn't have an ah. encounter so that you could take more risks so Damn. I think I think IRL 
it it feels like it's been a while since I've really had that. Yeah. I mean, mm. like outside my own place, like I can talk to I can talk to Curtis and we're safe because like we're inside. We're not gonna get anybody sick or nobody's gonna get us sick or something like that. But I haven't had that kind of communication with another person in a long time. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's over like the internet or something. Right. That's a yeah. Oh boy. I was just talking to my friend today about how like every be- because of you know COVID considerations, every single interaction you have with somebody outside of your household is so rigorously planned mm. that yeah. every single every single interactions every single interaction feels like a little bit too formal or a little mm. bit yeah. more formal mm. than it otherwise would. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fully. I I just started a new job for like the first time in like a while and I'm interacting with it's it's in a cafe and it's very like busy and we're shouting and like talking to each other um but before that before I sort of that was I guess jumping into like ice water of the like social awkwardness is to just sort of like mm. all right get it over with I, I have to but before that mm. I got my first shot and I was this nervous wreck, hadn't seen people. And once I got mm-hmm. back into the car, I was just like, oh, you know, I handled that very well. Like I was congratulating <laughs> myself on like, I only walked into the door <laughs> like once and I only, I didn't laugh for too long. <laughs> like everything has these like expectations that I am creating for like yeah um due to lack of physical interaction yeah Yeah, i kind of had something like when i first moved to this new state uh i was sort of like getting used to everything and with covid i had to like i had to find work and all that and the first job i got was just very awkward i didn't really know how to talk to people and people were just being like talking like normally and i was just kind of awkward and sitting in the not sitting in the corner standing just making stuff and being nervous about everything but i think now that i've got like my feet wet uh metaphorically and physically because we deal with a lot of like cleaning stuff (laughs) at my new job uh it's I'm more used to everything now, and it definitely helps that the staff that I work with at my new job are very cool. But yeah, like, everything feels a lot more formal now. So, alright. Uh, no, I'll talk about that off the ca- off the recording, actually. Off the record. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Off, the, yeah, off yeah. the record, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no, not to incriminate be... myself now. <laughs> No, it used to be old days, like, you show up at your friend's house, like, late at night in your pajamas and yeah, do whatever, and I now missed, it's like, alright, are you free, what time are you free? Mm. Like, I'll meet you, I'll meet you at this location in the park, like, at this specific time, mm. before this mm-hmm. curfew, you know, it's it's everything, every single piece of it yeah. is, yeah. there are yeah. many rules. Yeah, and, back before the pandemic, I could just, like, go with my roommates and be like, hey, Y'all want to go to the convenience store? And now it's just... Oh boy, do we go out? 
When do mm. we go out? Is it safe to go out? Is everything prepared? Yeah. 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 And I will be debilitated with fear the entire time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the idea of like having, I mean, that's part of what makes, that's what I think, that's what I think D and D is. That's what makes like a moment like this so useful and so um, helpful, I think. For me, at least, I mean, like it—it's definitely like, it's a balm for for me to to have um, this moment where, you know, the four of us can socialize and have like a space to create characters, mm, a space mm. to create like, um, and actually, like uh, in uh, in this article that that. Uh, Connor, you and I read for Myth, Ritual, and Performance. Well, actually, I didn't read for Myth, Ritual, and Performance. <laughs> but I, I, I just recently read because Kim was like, uh, you read this recently. You, re- you read this last last semester for Myth, Ritual, and Performance class. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- I definitely did that. Um, it's the post-human drag one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's understanding cosplay as social networking in a material culture. It's by Bainbridge and Norris, and um, and Bainbridge has this line where he interprets Guattari, um, transversal moments, um, a display of multiple identity eruptions that begin precisely as the costume is put on and the subject encounters another otaku. <laughs> um, okay, so I, as a cosplayer, hmm. would like to read this article. Hey. Yeah, it's really cool. It's I mean, like, they, the Bainbridge kind of misinterprets some of um, Guattari, um, uh, like, uh, some of some of Guattari's um, transversality in some uh, in some instances. But there's a specific paragraph that Professor Kim pointed me to um, that was very helpful because it's all about how like embodying a character and like cosplaying starts with the desire to find community and oh my god like that's what yeah. we're doing here mm. we're role playing yeah. it overlaps oh, so yeah. much it overlaps oh my fucking god <laughs> yeah wow and so like um so i wanted you guys to have the opportunity to really like milk that in this session mm. um and really like put that on display uh for the recording, yeah, but like also just to enjoy it, like, mm. yeah, because it's 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 enjoyable. Oh yeah. This might I don't know if this is entirely related, but it's just reminding me of this quote about creation and like just the joy that it sparks in is like, um, God gave us grapes but not wine and, oh, yeah. and milk mm-hmm. but not cheese and wheat but not bread because he wanted to give us the greatest gift of all creation and right I, yeah. yeah that's oh. fully like I, I I love that so much <laughs> because it is very true it's just yeah <laughs> I was thinking of that quote too, and I was also thinking of an interpretation of that, oh. which was like, "This is why God made me trans." Yeah, like God made me trans <gasps> because He wanted oh. me to share in the joy of creation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, That's awesome. very good. I love that interpretation. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I was like, "Hell yes!" Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and it's uh, and it is creation. It's identity rupture, but it's also identity. Um, it's identity reconfiguration, mm. um, and the transversality, like the transversal moment. The way the reason that he calls it that is because it's not it's not transference. It's not like putting your feelings somewhere else. It's cutting across something. It's like drawing a diagonal line from from person to person to person to person to person, like in the most direct way. Um, mm. And it's like um, the way that it traces out all of these affects um, throughout throughout how they kind of decompose and recompose identities and um, and and create all these like like hybridized like feelings and cool moments I, I just it it was it was a really it was a really interesting read and I, I don't think I read it closely enough but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep reading it's it's really cool Hell yeah um, I do still want to read that cosplay yeah yeah I'll send it to you um, thank you sure what uh, uh as our as our god um <laughs> was <laughs> was there was there anything in the in the rp that stood out to you like plot wise that either fit that either like fits or surprised you with the narrative that has been going on hmm (laughs) yeah uh yeah, I thought um, I thought for sure your secret, uh, Lindsay. Um, I thought your secret was going to be about Tosk, um, rather than revealing um, Irsu's racial identity. Um, I didn't think that Irsu was ready for that yet. Oh well, I think in this in this like upside down Candyland, like far from the you know far from the regular world it's like what reason what reason do i have to not yeah and also irsu and for i i assumed this as well even though i had i was aware at the time like i have no reason to assume this it's like i thought everybody knew (laughs) right i thought it was obvious like yeah um I, I don't I don't know I I don't know well, I don't uh, I don't think we I don't think we investigated whether the whether the other players or really anyone had noticed besides Vish. Yeah, I mean, as I was as I was saying it, I'm like, oh, in my heart, I believe everyone knows, but I don't think that's actually true. I think this is like, um, Irsu's like maybe like insecure self scrutinizing. <laughs> that has leached onto me in in my playing of them, but is like, I I you know just like oh you're you're doing a terrible job at all of this, including and especially the need to keep you know the Ofani secret. Who cares? Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, while I have this in my um in my head, I'm gonna put the Bainbridge article in the chat cosplay article there it is um thank you 
Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was, um, that, that was a really cool moment. Um, I am really curious to see how it's going to play out. Um, because I think, I, I, I don't, I don't really know that, <laughs> I don't really know that, um, I don't know that, uh, Elyon or Cruel cares, but I think that, um, you did give the secret to something other than <laughs> you gave the secret to the moss garden as well. <laughs> to the mo- and the moss garden is like a different kind of entity. It's probably not concerned with such hum- humanoid constructions as race, but we don't know. Huh. It I, might. I, I probably I need to figure that out as well. I really hope the moss isn't racist. <laughs> it's racist ass moss. <laughs> racist moss. <laughs> Terrible band name. Racist ass moss. Racist ass moss. Racist ass moss. That's a good. That's a better band name. Racist ass moss. We are um, a hybrid of grunge and new metal. We are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> We're racist ass moths. We're the worst band of all time. <laughs> Buy our tapes in the back. Yeah, we're a shoegaze grunge <laughs> new metal band. We're you awful. will hate this set. <laughs> Opening for us was nobody. <laughs> <laughs> But the band's called Nobody. Yeah. The band is called Nobody. Yeah. It's a one-man band. Their real name is Odysseus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really liked... Um, I liked... Um, Cruel, I, I liked... Uh, Connor, I liked, your, I liked your backstory for Cruel. Um, I, I'm curious to see uh, if that... Um, like, where, where that goes. Because... Um, we don't know what what happened to that old guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I not a hundred percent. We will see how this plays out. I when I re- I don't know if you remember, but uh, like I think before, um, when we were in the lighthouse, this is like a while back. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned like like that I had a, a reason for cruel to do uh, for cruel to be so proficient at origami um, and really the only thing that I was thinking of was like the vaguely kind of Frankenstein-esque of story of like the, the, the little girl offering the creature a flower or like the old man the right. blind old man beckoning him in and I think that uh, uh, honestly, when it, not not to compare <laughs> uh, secrets or the information that we shared, but I think that like um, of the three, I think Cruels was at face value at least one of the least. It see it feels the most the the least profound, but it was more a moment mm. of like this is some this isn't really a secret i guess but it was a moment that happened that meant a lot to cruel and like he hasn't really talked about a lot and 
that he still thinks about. But I'm as as cruel, I guess. I will think some more about this and. Well, that's that's a really interesting. Um, you've brought up some really cool points just in that like very dense segment. Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. Because, uh, like, first first off, the literary comparisons I think are very poignant. Um, the reason that we tell these stories over and over again is because they mean a lot to us culturally mm. and. Like, um, and they, these, these like touchstones get repeated and they, they have value and, and for there to be like a kindly old man who, um, who sees past some kind of barrier that everyone else is kind of throwing themselves up against and, and fearing, um, and, and shows you kindness and that sticks with cruel like that that's and then and then for cruel to like honor that man every time he folds origami Mm. like that's a like it throws this origami into a new depth it throws it into a new um because before it was just like aha like Uh, yeah it was a very (laughs) you don't hate me now right it was a (laughs) it it started off as a very D &D thing of like i can make origami (laughs) (laughs) what do you do i sold paper exactly (laughs) D &D shtick yeah 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 it was a gimmick very much (laughs) yeah but you know now it's now it's a full-on backstory and like those are those are powerful things I also like the idea that this wasn't really a secret, but it still worked. Mm. Like the pool still accepted mm. it. And the reason that it accepted it wasn't so much that it wasn't like something that was like well known about you. Mm. It was more like the pool the pool didn't the pool I'll just I guess I'll just reveal this because like yeah. the, this this is relevant to this is relevant to like the analysis. The pool wasn't looking for something secret about you per se. It wasn't looking for something that was like literally hidden. Mm. It was looking for something that was going to draw the three of you closer together. Ah, mm. is that what a secret the pool, is? The pool is powered by friendship. Ah. The pool is powered by Maybe friendship. Maybe the real pool were the friends <laughs> we made along the cruel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for cruel to reveal something that's really valuable to him that he thinks about a lot, like. Um, that that counts as a secret in the in the purest sense because um, because that's that's essentially what he was reminded of like like when cruel hears secret he thinks that thing I think of all the time mm, mm. and that's that's valid that's yeah. that's valuable and I think is, that is kind that... of extends to all of us too mm. yeah I think yeah. that's true is that kind of like the discursive definition of a secret like um like how how would you how do we define a secret in this philosophical discourse uh i guess in this particular model um a secret is something that well okay so um, there's there's something there's something interesting that I remembered about secrets. Um, secrets are 
in in Old Norse, actually, um, secret is the same word uh, as uh, writing glyph as a rune. Um, that is what the word rune means. It means secret. It ah. means um, uh, it, it means secret as well as um, letter form. Um, wow. So a secret is not just like something hidden. Um, it's also something magical. Um, it's something that stores information, um, and it's something that you can return to. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like I, I think it's I think it is context dependent because I think in this particular context, um, what the pool was asking for was something that, like, the three of you and the pool could share in that moment to be like particular to that moment like it was something ephemeral Mm. it was something that was like um could it have been something that like um i guess this is a very vague definition but like something that while isn't spoken aloud a lot is something that like occupies a large amount of thought and like uh is not like I guess something that isn't talked about to, like, random people, but can, like, reveal that it's very telling of the person that it is about. I I guess, but also, like, if if Cruel went up to a random stranger on the street and was like, hey, have some origami, a random old guy taught me this when I was, like, Mm. when I was down and out in some city, (laughs) like some like the random person on the street would be like that's kind of a depressing story but okay like you do you it takes getting to know cruel mm. for that story to become mm. meaningful oh. oh that that is interesting that about sense. a secret yeah huh yeah it's like there has to be some type of like investment in knowing on the part of the listener yeah. Which also, I mean, and it is it not that very investment that just dis, that like dissuades the secret holder from divulging? Because yeah. again, I'll tell a rando my secrets. I don't care. <laughs> but like, yeah. I'm not about to tell. I tell any random person on the street some of my secrets before I tell my friends. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, totally. yeah, and, not uh, really. I'm kind of. I kind of. I'm kind of an open book, but like basically, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I I think that's I think that's how a lot of people operate, though. Like I I think that that's a common experience, um, at least within our within our kind of um, within our shared uh, cultural context of like feeling the need to isolate um, a lot of information from people who we have mutual affection for. Mm. Mm. Um, because we are afraid of being a burden or afraid we're afraid of being responsible for people mm-hmm. um, and uh, information is very salient to that to that type of responsibility um, but if there's no relationship then there's no responsibility <laughs> yeah wow that's so I, I'm, I'm still I this is now completely shifted like the way that I used to think about like I guess uh, s- secrets in a personal 
physical, like IRL sense, and but also like backstory <laughs> in like a literary sense. And like, yeah, I used to think that like just secrets or backstories were like, I guess, transformative of the person that like mm. they reveal, but also like the person is kind of transformative of the secret too. Like that they are, right. that the act of telling it like changes it and changes like that person. It's very interesting and fluid in a way that I hadn't really considered. Yeah. Huh. And also yeah. like demands something of its, of its recipient. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Um, it's a it's it's a transaction. It's a transversal. It's a uh, it's a uh, transversing. It's of, trans. It's trans. <laughs> it's it's transgender. It's transgender. It does transverse the um, to to get back to Guattari. It does transverse that relationship. Um, it brings people closer together. It recomposes their identities, and it. Um, it frames everything in that new kind of responsibility um, rather than like putting all the onus on one person like transference does mm. like between an analyst and the um, what the, the patient mm. um, rather than building up this like professional relationship where like if that relationship is violated then all of the therapy comes undone huh. This is a space where we can be, like, more comfortable as, like, just friends. Like, we're, mm. we're, it's just friends sharing things that matter to each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, or characters, friends whose characters are sharing things that matter to each other, um, that like still that still creates like even like within the cosplay sort of thing or the role play sort of thing um that creates like a lot of uh that still creates the affect of um of growing closer and and um and that kind of reciprocity that that um that responsibility that's terrifying but also beautiful mm. <laughs> oh <laughs> My chemical romance. <laughs> and that meme. <laughs> I'm gonna, when we were talking about everything being trans, I, I pulled that up. I'm going to say, though, I think Three Cheers is MCR's more transgender album, but that's yeah. a digression. <laughs> I still have not listened to like anything by MCR. Same. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, a terrible what? <laughs> yeah, I, I have that. I have that same thought. I I haven't. Okay, so I've heard some songs by them, but not the entire. Song, <laughs> not the like entire baffled. song. <laughs> no, not the not like the entire Twitter song. Twitter handle is redacted for the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can plug my Twitter. It's the, well, the the display name is they my chem theirs. Yeah, because that's what my gender is. Oh. oh. I'm finally getting that now. <laughs> Damn. Um, oh, yeah. The, wow. The final horse God, just I crossed the finishing line. I love my chemical romance. <laughs> oh. Damn. <laughs> my chemical romance is absolutely a transgender band. Like, not... It, Gerard, Gerard Way, potentially. But Gerard like, Way. 
yeah legend um but like not that they are transgender not that they're popular with trans people necessarily although they are but like transgender subject matter and musical production (laughs) (laughs) musical production like the production quality is extremely trans it is it is It is. I, I hope to achieve that in my music. Just a very transgender mm. quality of music production. If you just listen like, to My Chemical Romance, you'll get it. You'll be like, this is transgender. Okay. For, for some okay. reason, the sentence that flashed in my head was, damn, this is some trans foley. <laughs> and I, I honestly don't even know what that sentence means. <laughs> how can you, how can you trans... What? I don't. I don't want to really finish. Like, <laughs> listen to my chemical romance and find out. <laughs> what is what is head empty balls full, but the dialectic of transition? <laughs> head empty heart full. Uh. I don't know. Head empty heart full. Ah. Uh. Head empty hormones hormones slightly balanced differently. <laughs> hey there. Hope you enjoyed this segment of armchair analysis. Stay tuned next for more gameplay.